0: Hey, New Life Church, I'm glad to be with you right now. I appreciate the fact that you guys are here almost every weekend trying to learn the word. Many of our people have gone back to church like meeting in buildings like we used to. We have taken so many precautions and we have respected the science and the governing regulations so much so that it's a safe place. I would like for you to go and check it out, if you can, if you feel good about it If you feel healthy enough to do it, man, it's working and it's good to be together. The Bible says, let us go into the house of the Lord and worship him. It says that they were glad when they got there. And so we're glad to have church now. Let me be clear, nothing wrong with this, but it's not the goal. Our goal is for you to connect with one another. We're getting ready to worship now and it's going to help you. You need it. But there's something about all of us coming together to worship together. So I want to encourage you to do that. Think about that some, even as we worship with all of our heart right now.
1: God Almighty through your Holy Spirit conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior. I believe in God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe I believe in the rain.
0: To this day, I know of nothing that encourages me more than just putting on headphones and listening to worship, or being in a church service, worshiping together, or like we did just then. With that in mind, I want to talk to you about the season that we're in. I don't want to talk about eternity, and I don't necessarily want to talk about today. I'd like to talk about how can we live between now and eternity. Uh, The reason why I'm speaking on that, because I sense, and I'm not a prophet, but I sense we're at the beginning of the end times. You can just see that the tribulation, it could be coming soon. Uh, We'll talk to you a little bit later on on how I feel the church uh, should live during that time or even if we will be here talking about pre-tribulation or mid-tribulation, even post. I'll get to that a little later on. But I do know, here's what I know. If you have eternity in your mind and you can see that these are the end times, it will keep you from being deceived if you go to the Lord in prayer. How can I live right now? So several years ago and in 2011, myself and another pastor were talking a lot about this and we went to 1 Thessalonians and we found scripture That shows us nine ways to live in the end times before the years of tribulation, but during the years of the book of Revelation. So I'll show you some of that uh, in just a minute. But eternity is in your heart. And if you try to find it, it will help you. Look, it says this in Ecclesiastes chapter three and verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in his time. Like. Like. This time can be beautiful to you if you see that he's made a lot of things that are going on. Not all of it, but a lot of it. And then it says, he has also set eternity in the human heart. Now, right there where you are, if you are a human, would you raise your hand? Okay. Eternity is in your heart and it's in mine. And it helps when you see it that way. Early on, when I gave my heart to the Lord, I felt like I wanted to witness to someone, to tell someone about Christ. So one night, I called a man on the phone late at night, and I led him to Christ, and it was powerful. It was really better than I could have expected. But the big story is, a few hours later, he was driving to work after giving his heart to Christ, and he had a massive heart attack and he died. Wow, when I got that phone call, and I found out about that, I was so thankful that I called him. Eternity is something to think about, okay? With that in mind, uh, I think about different ways that I live my life. Here's a simple one, driving down the road, seeing someone on the side of the road, Without eternity, we, we may not even pray for them to be held, much less to stop. Now, I'm not encouraging everyone to stop as much as I am asking for you to look around and to see life through eternity. I drove down the road one time when it was raining and it was a lot of fog, and I thought I saw down a hill some headlights or some taillights that were down this mountainside. But I kept going, and then it hit me. What if the Lord wants me to help them? What if the Lord wants me to lead them to Christ? What if the Lord is asking me to stop? Maybe it's not even anybody there. Maybe I saw different lights, but I turned around, and when I looked down that hill, and I saw that family. It was a man out of his car, his kids trapped in the car. They were not injured. It wasn't that big of a deal, Uh, but he was in a bind. He couldn't find his cell phone. I was able to make some phone calls. I was able to help him in a lot of different ways. But I did all that almost by accident. We got someone in our church named Josh where he has tire tools in the back of his vehicle. Uh, He's always just trying to figure out if I see somebody in need, I get to stop and share the gospel with them. That's eternity in his mind. So when he sees them, he pulls over and he helps them and he will not let them pay him. He just serves them. But at some point, he prays with them and he says this to them. One sentence, the whole gospel. He said, the reason I stopped is because the Lord wants you to know that he has not forgotten about you. And he described to me how their countenance completely changes because it's a difficult way to live not knowing that God is thinking about you. Well, we're not gonna reach over and try to win people to Christ without eternity in our hearts. In 2019, so many people were giving their hearts to the Lord. It was like no other year. In 2020, not many. A lot of people are rededicating their life to Christ, but not a lot of people are giving their hearts to the Lord for the first time what Jesus told Nicodemus in the middle of the night about being born again. Why not? I think it's because Christians have stopped sharing their faith. I think it's because Christians are not seeing life through eternity. I believe if we would stop thinking about all the things that we believe in, whether it be politics or some platform that we are building or some argument about these days on how to deal with the virus and how to deal with people. Everyone has an argument and we have forgotten about eternity. So I'm not here to rebuke you. I don't really think I have enough authority to do that, but I am challenging you to remember. So in order to do that, Uh, I want to remind you that all of us will die. The Bible says we're all appointed uh, by heaven once to die and then to face judgment. At that time, there will be two different questions that are asked of all of us. I'm going to have to answer these questions. To summarize the questions, they're sort of like this. Did you meet my son, Jesus Christ? And you want to be able to say yes. And you certainly cannot lie. And then number two, what did you do with his name? Like on the eternal scale, with eternity in mind, what did you do with his name? There are a lot of different reasons why people give their heart to the Lord. It could be because they're broken. Uh, it could be because their marriage is fallen apart. It could be because they're dying. It could be because they're depressed or they're lonely. But I'm going to tell you another reason why people do is because they can see eternity. They see the end times. People are thinking about that more and more right now. But if believers are not walking over and sharing their faith or encouraging people in Christ, if they're just arguing about the culture of today, there's not going to be much fruit in that. So in order to open our eyes up, I want to show you the book of Revelation. Now, from time to time, you'll hear people say, oh, it's the book of Revelations, plural. No, it's the book of Revelation, like a Cajun would say, the book of Revelation. It's the book of Revelation, singular. One revelation. Well, what is that revelation? Well, is it the Antichrist? No. Is it the mark of the beast? No. All of those things are in there, but the first five words in the book of Revelation, singular, tells you exactly the reason why the book is there. And it starts out in Revelation chapter one and verse one the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the revelation. It even says if you read the book of Revelation that you'll be blessed just reading it and then it says you'll be cursed if you try to forget about it or change it. Just a thought. Something worth considering. So it's the reason why we're here. It's the reason why the book is here. It reminds me, last year in November, you remember how good LSU was at football? I thought this is gonna be the year we beat Bama. So what I did... And this is manipulation. I'm proud of it. What I did is I invited Bama fans over to my home so they could have gumbo. And we made gumbo and it was good. And they were so thankful, wow, New, New Life Church or Pastor Rick or whatever. They, they were, he's so nice. He's got us over here. But I didn't have them over for gumbo. I had them over for a different reason. I wanted to see their face When Bama got beat, that's why they were there. So we're going through the game, and it was a little close, too close for my comfort, and we're eating our gumbo, and they're just so thankful to be there. And then the game turned, and LSU won the game, and that's when I went crazy letting them know, this is the reason why you're here. I just wanted to see. This is what I posted on Instagram right after. Oh, Lord, great memories, great fun, certainly some jabs. This is why you're here. This is why you're here. You know what? I think it's important for you to know why you're here. The revelation of Jesus Christ. It's huge that we do not forget that. So the book of Revelation was given to John. He was on the Isle of Patmos and he had an open vision. I think it's amazing how you can read the whole book of Revelation. It can be extremely confusing, but one thing that'll help you with the confusion is that most of it is about seven-year period of time, the tribulation. Uh, But it starts out by just showing you that he had an open vision in heaven, and he saw Jesus. If you don't mind just for a second Can I describe Jesus to you uh, what he saw? It says in Revelation chapter one verse 12, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. One day you get to make that turn and see. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. If you're born again, this is all gonna happen to you. And among the lampstands was someone like the son of man dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. Those eyes, man. Love. Compassion. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars And coming out of his mouth was a double-edged sword, his word. His face was like the sun shining in all of its brilliance. And when I saw him, and when I saw him, and when I saw him, I don't know what you're going to say after you see him. But John said, when I saw him, I fell at his feet and I felt like I was dead. Like it was just so overwhelming. He hardly could breathe, but it was good. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever. So there's so many times where people will read the book of Revelation and they will argue because they think the emphasis is about something else other than the revelation of Jesus Christ. For example, people argue. There's been churches split over, are you a pre-trib? Do you believe that Jesus will come back and the rapture will happen before the tribulation? Those seven years? Because the book of Revelation from chapter 5 all the way to chapter 20 is all about just seven years. And they just want to argue, are we going to be here? Because the Bible doesn't use the word rapture. There's no The word rapture is nowhere in the Bible, but the word caught up with him is in the Bible. And they argue about this. And people want to know, am I? Am I a pre-trib? Do I believe that we'll be out before the tribulation? Yes. I don't think it's essential doctrine. I don't think that it's the most important doctrine, but I do believe that. Uh, One reason is if you read the first few chapters in the book of Revelation, uh, that it describes the church 23 times, but after the tribulation starts, it doesn't mention it again. Maybe it's because we're not here. And for sure, those seven years, they don't look like anything uh, that the church usually brings to the table. It looks like the church is not there, not praying, not, not, not involved at all. So you can see uh, that there's a lot happening. There's there's three different judgments, seven different segments of that, the seals and the the trumpets and the, the bowls. And it gets into so many things. Talks about the Antichrist, how he's gonna bring ideas and peace. People are gonna think he is amazing and he's full of deception. For example, he's gonna bring peace in the Middle East. That will not happen until then, but it will be a false peace. And he's going to design the temple. He's going to build it to Old Testament specs. They will be sacrificing animals again. But the main thing I want you to know is that they're going to think he is adored, like they're going to love him. Uh, But you can see a lot of things that are happening in the book of Revelation. Revelation. Many people through the years have tried to figure out, who is the Antichrist going to be? Uh, several different times, people thought it was this pope or that pope. In the 1500s, they thought it was Martin Luther. Uh, different people thought it was Hitler. Of course, during that time, you would have to at least uh, consider that. Uh, Harry Christian Kissinger uh, was somebody who they thought it might be. Uh, Gorbachev, he had, he had a mark on his forehead. They thought, oh, it's got to be Gorbachev. A lot of LSU fans think it's Nick Saban. I mean, we've kind of figured that out. Uh, But I do know whoever it is, they're going to be deceiving, and they're going to be used by the enemy, and there's a lot of argument. One time I was at Kroger, and a lady came up to me, and she said, I think I know who the Antichrist is. This wasn't even a lady in our church. She just heard from someone I was a pastor, and she walked right over to me to say this. I think I know who the Antichrist is. And I said, really, who? She says, it's Harry Potter. And I laugh. (laughs) She goes, no, I'm serious. I said, ma'am, Harry Potter is not even real. She goes, oh, yes, he is. I've seen him. So that's when I said, okay, I have to go and finish my shopping. Where are the biscuits Cocoa Krispies, I need some comfort food. So some people, this is the whole deal. They want to argue about that. The four horsemen that are represented in the Bible, uh, one represents the Antichrist. We know that as the white horse, he brings in deception. Uh, We know uh, that there's a red horse that brings in anarchy and terrorism, and people are killing one another for no obvious reason. Uh, You can see the black horse, which represents... Uh, an economic collapse, and they're trading barley green uh, for goods. We, we used to have barley green in my house. My wife used to give it to my kids uh, just to keep them healthy, and I tasted it one time. <laughs> it's like, it tastes like turtle spit. During these days, they're going to be trading turtle spit out as money. <laughs> what the heck is going on? And then you have the pale horse, which represents. Death and disease, in one chapter alone, 1.2 billion people die. Now, I'm not going to get darker than that. Uh, we know there's a lot of things that are happening. John sees what is like war, uh, nuclear bombs and attacks, and where most of the planet is rendered uh, in big trouble, no drinking water, not one blade of grass. At one time, he describes an eagle flying in the air, and it's blowing out fire and, um, but maybe it was like an Apache helicopter and he just had never seen anything like that. So he's trying to describe what he sees a few thousand years later. I don't know. But I do know the book of Revelation. It's about one revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay. Now, this can get really complicated. I will admit, uh, it's interesting to me when I read through it. You can see Russia is mentioned there. You can see China is mentioned in the book of Revelation. Uh, You can see Israel. But the United States is not even mentioned. And we're the number one superpower in the world now. Why are we not mentioned? I don't know. Maybe it's because a revival happens and so many of us get saved that we're raptured and we're not here, so our nation becomes obsolete. Maybe it's because we merge with someone else. I'm not sure. But I do know that it's good to think about eternity, and sometimes it's good to remember these are the last days. So the question just has to be, and this is where I want to go more than any other place, the question has to be, how do we live now? Because it even says in Revelation 9.21, and they did not repent of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their sexual immorality, nor of their thefts. Uh, Meaning that they were a lot like we are now. So I do believe That these crazy times, how many times have you heard someone say lately, these times are crazy. This is crazy. Yeah, what do you think about all this? It's just crazy. Yeah. That's what it's going to seem like then. So we have found a portion of scripture. I've taught on this a few times. Uh, The last time in 2011, it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I want to ask for you to read it. We're going to go verse by verse, and I'm going to give you nine ways that the Bible says that we can live now to keep our eternity in our hearts, to keep wisdom in our hearts, and have favor from heaven. Let's take an honest look at these nine things. We're going to go verse by verse. Let's pay attention. Number one, stay close to your covering. If you want to know what to do, just make sure you stay close to your covering. That's your church, your people. The church is always going to make mistakes. We're going to get off track, but that's your covering. Someone told me a long time ago, said, Rick, for you to be successful in life, you're going to have to know who your your friends are, who you're in covenant with, your covering, who's really there for you, and you're going to have to know who's really not. And uh, the church is going to be around for a long time, eternity. And it's our covering. If New Life Church is not your local church, then find one. If you don't have a local church, we would love to be your church. But I promise you, we're going to make some mistakes. But we're going to love you as much as we can. That's our aim. Look at this verse related to covering, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 12 Now we ask you brothers to respect those who work hard among you who are over you in the Lord and who admonished you hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work meaning just get connected that this is this is a very important thing that we are accountable to other people I'm a pastor of a church and I have to stay accountable it's a covering That's why my location, my phone, my wife always knows where I am. Uh, I have an overseer who always knows where I am. They can check. Why? Because I want that covering. (laughs) Someone said, you can tell a lot about a person based on what they do when no one's watching. I say, that's not true. Because we're all going to do stupid stuff when no one's watching. So let's not live where no one can watch. Let's stay under the covering. Number two, keep your passion. In verse 14, it says, And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak. A lot of people are very idle right now with their time, and they're getting weak, and Satan loves to prey upon the weak. There's there's no strategy uh, that would be better than that for him. But if we keep our spiritual fervor and the passion and worship and in the word in the fall, I can't wait to unveil to you on how I believe we can be a strong family devoted to God in each of our households. Number three, walk in forgiveness. People are gonna hurt you. People are gonna do evil to you. But if we're not forgiving toward them, then what will happen is that we'll lose the forgiveness from God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 15 says, Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. In other words, everyone around the church, but everybody. Okay, everybody has weaknesses and everybody has strengths. And uh, one of my strengths, although I, I like to talk about my weaknesses too, is that I don't hold uh, bitterness against people, but there was one particular time that I did. Someone hurt me, and I was so angry at them. I remember looking at the sheetrock, thinking I'm going to just punch my hand through this sheetrock, and I could have. I mean, look at it. Look at this. It's just like nothing to it. Sheetrock means nothing to me. I like steel. That's what I really want. Steel. Look at that. Look, I got another one over here. It's like right or left hand. It doesn't matter. I'm all in. That's me. But I gotta be angry for that to happen. That day I was angry. And you know the truth is? I was dying on the inside. Like we're not made to live that way. Michelle walked into the room, another pastor called me and said, get up and get out of there. Forgive and move on. You've got stuff to do for God. And so I got up and I walked out. And it was in that moment that I got my joy back. Don't live bitter. Gosh, you can wear it. You can see it on people. Uh, Bitterness is a heavy weight. Number four, keep the joy of the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16. Be joyful always. The joy of the Lord is our strength according to the word of God. The Bible said, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Are you glad? When's the last time you had joy like down in your heart? When's the last time you laughed from your soul? I pick friends who have the joy of the Lord and make me laugh. And my brother will get on the phone and just laugh. I have so many friends around here that they just have the joy. If I get a little heavy, I just want to be around someone who loves Jesus and has the joy. Somebody just to hang out with, with joy. We need that in this season. This is what the Bible's telling us to do. Number five, don't slip in your prayer life. Verse 17 says, pray continually. So let me ask you, if everybody prayed like you, what type of praying church will we have? It says pray continually, not once here and there, just like always seeking the Lord. What would happen if, in the middle of your day, you would just get on your knee and just say, "Lord, I commit my life to you. Uh, thank you for giving me uh, my family." And what what would it be like if you you just continually sought the Lord? And then number six, be thankful while seeking his will. It says in verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances. What?
1: Everything?
0: Yes. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What? What is he saying here? Give thanks in all circumstances? I don't want to be thankful in all circumstances. Why would I want to do that? He tells you why. Because it's his will. So you may not be thankful for the pain or the issues that are hurting you, but you can look around and find something. My pastor uh, taught us a few months back uh, to be thankful for the little things, like you're brushing your teeth, being thankful you have a toothbrush, water, teeth. You call somebody on the phone or text them, thankful that you can text. Uh, You have a dryer to, to dry your clothes, thankful for that. Your car starts. Lord, I'm thankful to have a car. It's not the best car, but I have a car. Maybe you have the best car, but be thankful in all circumstances. I love to be around thankful people. The Bible says that's how you get into the gates of his presence with thanksgiving in your heart. Number seven, don't forget the prophetic words. In verse 20, it says, do not put out the spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with content. Meaning, don't forget the the Word of God. That's what the book of Revelation is all about. It's prophecy. Don't forget that. Despise not that. Uh, The most anointed uh, person of God is going to be people who understand that the Word of God is alive, and not only alive, but it's more true than even today's news. Number eight, hold on to your convictions and to your holiness. Uh, verse 21 says, test everything, hold on to the good, avoid every kind of evil. It even says in verse 23, uh, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we're choosing a lot of things right now. Here's my belief system. Here's where I'm going. I, I just want to warn you, don't forget about Holiness. Like uh, we, we, we have to remember the, the fear of God in decisions that we're making. And then number nine, keep your calling and purpose on souls. Verse 24 says, the one who calls you is faithful. All right, I'm done. So I think about this verse, the calling that we have, he's faithful with that. The call God has for you The Bible says that it's irrevocable. Like that job you have, even if you don't like it, it, it's part of your calling. He's put you there for a purpose. Don't forget your purpose. Let's hold on to that. Let's all make a difference. If Josh can ride around with a jack and tire tools in the back of his truck, just to make sure he can help someone to share the gospel with them, We can remember that God has put us in this neighborhood for that reason, at that job for that reason, at that ball field for that reason, around certain people for a reason. Let's not just kinda glance over, let's go over with intention to give the revelation of Jesus Christ to all. These are crazy times, but if we get the fundamentals right, this could be great times. So with that in mind, let's worship the Lord as we remember eternity because it is in our hearts. Worship the Lord with you like that. It's great because it reminds us of his goodness. He is a good God. And today, we have talked about that. We've talked about eternity. We've talked about the revelation of Jesus Christ. We went through the tribulation, the seven years of a lot of intensity. Uh, And then we talked about solutions, on what to do, the nine things that we can do right now. But here's the problem. Some of you, you don't know the Lord right now. We can't move further without talking about that. It's your soul, your life, and I know the Lord is trying to reach you. He doesn't want you to think that he's forgotten about you. So Josh got it right when he helps somebody out on the side of the road, Uh, but Jesus, he always gets it right. But the scripture says, how will they know unless someone tells them? So I'm telling you right now that the Lord loves you and that he wants a relationship with you. Some of you need to rededicate your life to the Lord and some of you need to give him your heart, your life right now to confess with your mouth, to repent, to turn from your ways, to call on him as Lord. The Bible says that all of heaven just goes crazy with enthusiasm whenever you give your heart to the Lord. So right now, if that's you, then let's make the decision. I want Jesus in my life. Maybe you can let us know in the the way that we're chatting back and forth right now. And maybe you can just let the Lord know. Either way, I wanna pray for you right now. So repeat this prayer after me. Lord, I love you. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. I am a sinner. I repent of my sin. I turn toward you. I invite you into my life. I thank you for the cross and the way you died. Please, Lord, let me be a part of your name. Write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. I want to serve you all the days of my life. From here forward, in Jesus' name, amen people making decisions for the Lord is what it's all about. But it's not only that, it's also outreach in the way that we serve people who are in need. So the way that our hearts are ready for eternity is number one. But what we do with his name after that is also important. So we're doing a lot. New Life Church is all over this state. Every day we're aiming people and trucks and resources and love and lots of help and instead of telling you all about it i thought we would show you let's take a look
1: drew here you know me for arkansas dream center but over the last 11 years we've grown that mission of seeing every arkansan chasing their god-given dream has started with the dream center and is now city serve arkansas about 11 years ago when we started we actually got this building donated to us This building is now housing over $5.7 million worth of product, product that is just designed to help the local church reach their communities. We're able to take those items in here, give them to the local church so they can love on their neighborhood.
2: guys, Tony here at CityServe Arkansas. Here at the warehouse, we get to have some fun. We get to unload some trucks, we get to sort items into categories, and we get to load up churches so they can go love on people in the neighborhoods. We love what we get to do here. Also when we unload those trucks, we have a little bit of fun and we time the guys to make sure that they can get that truck unloaded and have a little bit of fun. We have a ton of goods here. We have over 23 different categories that we get to separate the goods in and then we get to load up the churches and they get to go out to the communities and love on their neighbors. We got a story about a single dad that has three kids that had a house fire and lost everything. What's so cool about this story is there's a guidance counselor at the school. They was able to partner with the local church and have that local church and outreach leaders go to that single dad of three. We were able to help him out get bedroom furniture, dining room furniture, get some kitchen stuff too as well. They actually hung out that weekend, was able to love on the kids and minister to them. We wanna say thank you. Thank you for your giving. Your giving helps us here at the warehouse, get the goods here, helps with the freight, and also helps us support our local churches. So thank you very much for your giving.
0: So now you see the big picture of it. It's literally millions of dollars of resources, goods and products that we are distributing. If you haven't served yet, please help us with that. And if you haven't given faithfully, please catch up now. I just want to ask everybody to do their part so we don't have to start saying no. I love your faithfulness. I love the heart of New Life Church. I always dreamt to be a part of a church like this and I know you do as well we're making a big difference in the Arkansas God sees every week we're always praying over the people who have needs but we're also praying with a prayer of blessing at the close and I want to do that now right there in your living room or wherever you may be if you can close your eyes do so if you can open your hands and reach up to the Lord that is biblical the Bible says to lift up your hands without wrath without anger and frustration, nor without doubt. Maybe you've lost some hope here and there, but let's reach up to the Lord and receive a prayer blessing. Uh, We can see it in the book of Psalms, you can see it in other places. I'll take portions here and there and pray this blessing over your family. The Lord knows we need it, especially during these days. Lord, we thank you for your great name, your holy name. It's the name above every other name. And Lord, I do want to thank you that we know who you are, that we don't just hear it, we've accepted you as our Savior. And Lord, I ask that you move into our homes for your word said for us to bless a home when we enter it. And we're in homes right now. We're in vehicles right now. We're in cell phones right now. And Lord, I ask that you bless the people who hear at the sound of my voice. Let your face shine upon them. Lord, give them ideas and inventions and favor with with you and favor with others. Lord, give them promotions and give them inventions and places that, that, that are doors that are open that only you can open. Lord, I pray they'll be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, and all the things that they try to do, let them prosper because of your name. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, New Life Church. Let's serve faithfully. God bless you.